So today we're going to be talking, I don't know if I spoke about this before, but um, today we're going to be talking about Scientology and sort of what that is about. So why exactly do I want to talk about Scientology? Danny Matterson, Danny Masterson is on trial for rape. Danny Masterson, he was, he was on that 70s show. I've never watched a full episode, so I don't really know which character he was. But uh, he was on this show, but he's a Scientologist. So that's so that's the connection there. So what exactly is Danny... As I mentioned before, two seconds ago. Let me get myself together here, because I'm like... Razzled right now. But anyway. So as I said, Danny Masterson is on trial for rape. So one of the uh, women who's like alleging rape against him is named Christina B. Uh, or she's um, referred to as Jane Doe 3 in um, court. She alleges that Masterson raped her while she was sleeping. She said, quote, I was sleeping and I woke up and he was having sex with me. I did not want to. I told him no. So I, I told him so. I told him no many times. As she remembered that Masterson didn't like the fact um, that his hair or face, he didn't like his hair um, face being touched. So what she ended up doing was like pulling his hair and he ended up hitting her back in the face. He spat on her and called her white trash. So another thing is that she would also detail how violent he would get when she would deny him sex. Uh, he once dragged her by her hair and called her fat. Uh, according to Rolling Stone, Christina B. details that the Church of Scientology, like the, the consequences of her reporting the rape, was that Scientology would declare her a suppressive person. Alright, so what what exactly is Scientology? Why is this so controversial? And why are all these people... Like, why is this such a big deal? So, um, the reason why I know what Scientology is is because I ended up watching this show called Leah Remini, Scientology, and Aftermath. And it's basically what's this show on E&E that I ran for three years. And it just pretty much... I might just re-watch it so I can, like, remember. But um, I was so enthralled with that show. And now I kind of like want to go back into it. But it was a show on A&E 2016 to 2019. I believe it was only three seasons where I just talked about their experiences. They spoke with former members, former executive members. I found this clip on YouTube. Um, you could, it's titled Lee Remedy, Scientology, and the Aftermath, Old Habits Die Hard, and it's a bonus clip. So, let's listen to it real quick, and you guys can kind of get the vibe of what the show was, and kind of like what they talk about, and like how Scientology is sort of portrayed. I'm talking about abuses, and I'm talking about people's lives being destroyed. Okay, are we ready? Why does he not appear in public? Render, move a hair to your left. Goliath ain't so big when the whole world is watching. Mark. 
I may not believe in Scientology anymore, but you're not going to hear me mocking Scientologists or I don't mock L. Ron Hubbard or even Scientology. But the, 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 the way the organization acts in the world and towards people and towards families, for me, is what makes it a cult. People ask me, I don't know if they, I'm sure they ask you, that now that we're out of Scientology, do we still think like Scientologists? I think that I still think in Scientological terms, and it's hard for me to shake those things. And I think most people who are in cults find that. Like, they don't actually know what they think. It's like, do I, you, there's an immediate Scientological answer, or a judgment, or something, and then you're like, wait a minute, do I really think that? What, what do you think? <laughs> yes is my immediate answer because I think that there are a lot of things that are ingrained in my way of viewing the world that I don't know are I'm ever going to get rid of. Yeah. And on the other hand, I believe that the thing that Scientology takes away from you is compassion, real compassion for others. And I have tried to cure myself of a lack of compassion. <laughs> and I don't believe that I look at people these days with the same lack of compassion that I did when I was really inside the mindset of Scientology. So basically that was a, a little snippet or a clip from the show Leah Remini Scientology in the aftermath. So you can kind of like get the vibe of like okay it's a cult or you're, you're made to think a certain way. So what exactly is Scientology? So it's a religion. It was developed by a guy named L. Ron Hubbard. So according to the Scientology website, Scientology.org, it's official. This is the definition of Scientology. Developed by L. Ron Hubbard, Scientology is a religion that offers a precise path leading to a complete and certain understanding of one's true spiritual nature and one's relationship to self, family, groups, mankind, all life forms, the material universe, the spiritual universe, and the supreme being. Scientology addresses the spirit, not the body or mind. It believes that man is far more than a product of environment or genes. So what exactly is the supreme being? That is their version of God. Basically, if you, if you didn't catch the drift, it's basically their version of God, and I'm not, I'm not sure what God it is. It's very, I'm still kind of like dusty on that, but what I do know is that like the origins of Scientology is based off of sci-fi. It's like a sci-fi. You you you, see, you hear the word science in it, the science in the name. It's really. It seems like this whole religion is based off of this weird sci-fi dream that Hubbard had. That's what it seems like. So that kind of rolls to my next point, which is the origin story. Because, like, with all religions, it, it starts from somewhere, from something, from somebody, right? You know, with, with Christianity, you know, um, Mary and Joseph, and she gave birth despite never having sex virgin mary gave birth she got she got pregnant by god and gave birth to jesus and then jesus got nailed to the cross for all our sins and he died for our sins um so every religion has that 
type of origin story, right? It comes from somebody, right? Somebody has to be the first one to tell that origin story, right? So, according to... So, there's also another documentary called Going Clear, which I've yet to watch. Um, which I'm probably going to watch because now I'm re-obsessed with Scientology. Now I want to get back into it. Because I really enjoyed Leah Remini's and Mike Rinder's show. I really loved that show so much. I was like, every episode, I was like, let's go, let's do this. So, now that I'm re-obsessed with it, I'm probably going to watch that documentary once I get out of here. But anyways, so what exactly, again, the origin story of Scientology. So, there's this HuffPost article that titled 16 Shocking Allegations of Scientology Documentary Going Clear. So, this is some of the allegations from that, um, from that article, from that documentary. So, again, the origin story. I keep... I keep sorry. So, here's the origin story. So, uh, a former member, Paul Haggis, he was, like, really high up there, uh, executive member, um... Scientology, according to Paul Haggis, Scientologists can reach level OT3 and they are shown secret materials. We're going to talk about these levels and these courses a little bit later. But, or I could just say now. So with, with Scientology is that like, you can like do courses and with every course you take, you get, you climb this ladder. And you climb this ladder and the higher you go, the better you are, the more the more dedicated you are, the better off you are. So that's what he refers to. Anyway, so I I'll dig it, dig into that a bit later. So the origin story. So you gotta reach level OT three, and then you have you get access to these quote unquote secret materials. Okay, one of these secret materials is Hubbard's handwritten account of the creation myth how Scientology or how how the world started so like not how like religion how this religion started but more like this is Scientology's viewpoint of how the world began or how humankind began I I guess that's kind of like what religion is like everybody's version of like how humankind began or how the uh, uh, the start of life began, right? So, according to this creation myth, a galactic dictator named Xenu froze people and dropped their body into volcanoes. Excuse me? Okay. From there, disembodied spirits or thetans apparently jumped into newborn bodies. According to Hubbard, these thetans crowded in our bodies are the source of our anxieties and fears. Uh? Okay. Like I said before, this sounds straight out of a science fiction movie. This is like, this is like the kid who watches too much Star Trek and takes like a twisted dirt I don't know if that's a good enough reference. I never watched an episode of Star Trek, but like this is a kid who watches too many, too many science fiction movies from the fifties. 
who believe the world is going to end in in 2012. But so that's so that's how kind of like where does this all start? Where it's built up from, right? It, it's just very. It's just like anything about it is that like this is coming from one person. He just. As I mentioned, it's hand, it's a handwritten account of it. So it's just like, this is their version of the Bible, essentially. And it's just like, it came from this guy, this one guy who just randomly, huh, let me start a religion. That's what it seems like. Let me just make the craziest origin story, call it a religion, and then get all my taxes exempt. Because, cause, oh, I remember from Leah Remedy's show is that like at first they were not considered a religion so they had to like pay taxes and stuff but then sometime down the road they finally got religious status and they did not have to worry about taxes anymore I'm pretty sure they had like millions of dollars racked up in taxes but as soon as they as soon as he got the religion status, the religion exempt, he didn't have to worry about those millions of dollars. So, I'm not sure about the exact date, but that was, that was just crazy to think about. But anyways, anyway, so from the same HuffPost article, um, there is this former church member called Sylvia Taylor. She, had went, she was sent to the Re- Rehabilitation Project Force. This, this was also mentioned in Leah Remini's show. Right. So according to, in regards to Sylvia Taylor, when people were sent to the rehabilitation camp, they would have to do hard labor. So, and they would work for 30 hours straight with only three hours of break. So again, this was mentioned plenty of times in Leah's show where people would describe the fact that they would have to like, build buildings and do all these hard labor without much food, without much water, without much of a break or, or anything really. So so that yeah, so like they would have to do a lot of labor and all such. And so with that like hard labor they would be so pretty much they, these, these, a lot of these, oh my god, okay, let me find my words real quickly. A lot of the people who went to these camps are people who were not doing what they're supposed to do in Scientology's eyes. These are the dis- disobedient kids. The kids, it, it, oh, yeah, and again, these are kids, teenagers, most of the time. And they will be sent to this camp because they ask too many questions or they ask the wrong question or they said the wrong thing. Why are we doing this? Why can't I talk to this person anymore? Why, why are you, what is auditing? Which I will talk about later. Um, auditing is, is just another crazy tactic that this church uses. But this is where people will go when... They ask too many questions, they say the wrong thing, they do the wrong thing, maybe doing something as simple as, you know, 
don't know. Ask the wrong questions, essentially. What, what, whatever you think as a cult would do. You ask the, say, hey, why do we do things like this? Why are we away from everybody? Why can't we ever go out into the outside world? Stupid stuff like that. But I'm going to go on a music break right now. The songs I'm going to play is Cardi B featuring Kalani, Ring. You will hear my little song. And then a Kalani song called Did I. I really love that song. But um, I'll come back after these two songs and I'll kind of like go more into detail what Scientology is. And kind of like the experience with Leah Remini and Mike Rinder and David Miscavige and his wife. I shall be back after this music break. to Radio of the Paul, Chicago's College Connection. This is Trinity Chronicles, and I'm Shanira Evey. So right now, I'm going to go back right into Scientology. Um, I don't know what's wrong with my Instagram live. It's being weird, but anyways. So I wanted to talk about Scientology, its terms, and what exactly everything means, because I, I feel like I've been throwing out um, so weird terms without like any like explanation. So, uh, for one, I kind of like want to start with um, Leah Remedy's show. Again, going back to uh, what that was. So, Re- Leah Remedy and Mike Rinder are both former members of Scientology, right? Uh, Remedy is an actress. She starred in The King of Queens and Kevin Can Wait. Render was a former senior executive of the church, and he was also a part of the C organization. So what exactly is the C organization, right? The C organization is basically uh, dedicated to, like, the most dedicated members of uh, Scientology. So basically, so basically, these members would you know, do all the courses, climb up the ladder to the tip itty top, to see organization, what's the top. So I kind of mentioned this earlier a little bit, but how members sort of climbed to the top was to take these courses. How do they do these courses? They do these courses by, they have to pay for all the books. They have to pay for all of the courses themselves. And a lot of people end up taking out credit cards and going into debt in order to afford everything. So not only do people have, like, the emotional attachment to this quote-unquote religion, they also have sunk their savings and credit into it as well. So um, Remini was a part of Scientology, Scientology since she was nine years old. She officially left in 2013. Um, she, her problems essentially began when she started asking about David Miscavige's wife which is a whole different conversation. 
So, in regards to Rinder's role, Rinder said, quote, the church decided someone was an enemy and needed to be silenced and destroyed. It was my job, and I did it. Everything from following them 24 hours a day to having So, fair game, essentially. What is fair game? It's the tactics that were just described. Anybody who willingly leaves the church will be essentially shunned. This dude, Mike Rinder, has not seen his children or his ex-wife since he left. That is not by choice. He, The choice he made was to leave Scientology. His wife, his, ex, now his first wife, now ex-wife, his first wife, and his two adult children decided to stay in Scientology. So here's the thing. when In the video before, the video that I, I played earlier, Leah Remini was talking about how, oh, want to mess up people's lives and tear families apart. This is what she's referring to. Once you leave the church, you are seen as this oppressive person. That is what Christina B. was also talking about. All this is coming together. This will make sense. Trust me. Um, so once you become a suppressive person and you leave, if your family decides to stay, say you have a brother and sister and your parents, if they all decide to stay, they're going to cut you off. They will not speak to you again. They can walk right past you and not say anything. This is what happened to Mike Rinder. Okay. Some years after him leaving Scientology, he heard that his son had cancer. So he tried to go to Clearwater, Florida, where Scientology is based. And his son was in Clearwater, Florida. Right. He heard his son got cancer. He's like, you know what? We just, you know, put all this aside. I know difference of opinion. I love da da da, but I want to see my son because he he is he has cancer. His son would not see him. They were in the same city. So that's what Leah Remini was talking about when she says that Scientology rips away families. This is what Christina B was talking about when people are seen as a precious person. Once you leave willingly and you. Especially when you start speaking out. Especially with Leah Remini and Mark Rindo making a whole three-season docu-series on A&E. The rest is your, if the rest is your family is still there. They're, 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 it's so, these folks are so manipulated, traumatized, gaslit, and manipulated. I don't know if I said that. And to believing that it's Scientology or the highway. Anybody outside of Scientology, what are they doing? They're discussing what is wrong with people who aren't Scientologists. Okay, so here are some, here are some terms. So auditing, I mentioned auditing before. So auditing, it kind of serves as a lie detector. So if you're caught, quote unquote, doing something wrong, right? You can audit it, right? Now, on the surface, that don't sound too bad. You do something wrong, 
you get put on a lie detector to, to see whether or not you lie about it, right? But here's the thing. With auditing, it doesn't actually do anything. It's not an actual lie detector. Nothing is happening. It's just literally white, a machine that makes white noise. Literally. So another twist and turn of that is that they will essentially, or at least according to Leah Remini and Mike Rinder on the show, is that like they will kind of like sit there and like mess around with this auditing machine and kind of like interrogate you and kind of it comes down to pretty much they will manipulate and gaslight you into saying what you what they want you to say if they believe that you did something wrong by the end of that session they're gonna have you admitting that you did said thing even if you may not have actually done it so not only is this auditing thing a whole fake lie detector they're gaslighting and manipulating people to saying to admitting to something they did not do and then kind of like using that whole manipulated response against them it's like hey you know what you're going to the hole the hole that's another thing i have to explain you're going to the hole you're going doing manual labor for 30 hours and the hole is just imagine in jail essentially segregation in the segregation jail you're in this little 10 by 5 or 5 by 5 space there's no rooms with no windows or anything right they barely feed you right so that's render had apparently been in the hall before too so that that is like like the crazy aspect of it of it it's just like the it's just manipulation of its members into like submission and like thinking that it's Scientology or or you know what I mean <laughs> I'm stumbling over my words because I have like literally five minutes left but anyways so disconnection is kind of like again when people walk away and people if you're still a Scientologist and someone your friend or your family member decides to walk away from it you're supposed to disconnect from them. You're supposed to cut them off and not speak to them. So being becoming cutting that person off and seeing them become a suppressive person, that kind of discourages people from leaving. Because people do not want to be a suppressive person. People do not want to be cut off from their family. Another thing is fair game. Fair game is a set of policies that I kind of mentioned before where people are sort of like if they leave they're seen as a suppressive person it goes beyond it's just it's not just the label of being a suppressive person there's there's active antics here you will be harassed once you become a suppressive person especially a suppressive person who speaks out render left in 2007 right he recalls one time where he was sitting in his car and then five senior executive members of Scientology surrounded his car and started yelling and screaming at him, right? Simple things like that, right? Not simple, but things like that. Also, they will send Scientology people, senior Scientologists, 
will send private investigators and as Renzo said before, they will have people follow you for 24 hours of the day. No wonder why a black SUV is following you around or this car is following you around or staked out your house. It's not the feds, it's just the Scientology. <laughs> they have, they got it, like they have the funds. They got it like that, where they can have people just sitting around following you the whole day and, and try to intimidate you into going back into what you're doing. They just expect you, if they expect you to isolate yourself essentially and, and stay to yourself. They don't expect you to talk, right? So one last thing that I kind of want to mention is David, is his name David Miscavige? Or his name is David Miscavige, but I always call him Rob Miscavige. Do not, David, do not come for me, okay? I got your name mixed up. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So Dave Miscavige, Mr. Rob Miscavige, he is currently the leader of Scientology. Right, he took over when Ron L. Hubbard took over. That's why I get confused because I'm thinking of Ron L. Robert, and I suddenly translate that to Rob. Anyways, so he took over when Ron L. Hubbard died. So I remember this one moment in Leah Remini's show where, like, uh, they were talking about saying, "Oh, they don't think Ron is like dead, dead. They probably just they think that his soul has went." somewhere else or so I don't know what the exact wording on that so don't quote me but um David Miscavige is a new leader and there's been a lot of allegations against him right so there's this one article that's an MVE there's one article that said that 12 people at one point 12 people detailed being personally attacked by Miscavige and 21 people had claimed to have witnessed said attacks a, a Saint Saint Peter Petersburg Times released a series of stories and many people came out and said I've been physically attacked by David Miscavige 21 other people like I've seen him attack somebody and Leah Remini's show with Mike Rinder there's like a recording of allegedly David Miscavige sort of yelling and screaming and verbally assaulting this other person and I believe also physically attacking him but like Scientologists were like, that's not David Miscavige, that's not him. So also, in June 2019, very recent, three years ago, a former Scientologist filed a lawsuit against David Miscavige. And uh, in the, in the uh, lawsuit, it was uh, alleged retaliation, child abuse, human trafficking, and forced labor against her and other members of the church. Uh, the woman was raised in the church since she was five years old. So th these aren't going away anytime soon. And this is also like pretty soon, like during the time of like um, Leah Remini's show. This is like, I believe during the last season, or at least close afterwards. So as it's 11 o'clock, I have literally no time left. But I, have, I don't think anybody's coming in anytime soon. But anyways, one last thing that has been troubling Scientology is the fact of like, where is David Miscavige's wife? Michelle, aka Shelly Miscavige. Where is she at? You know what the funny part is? The funny part is the fact that Shelly Miscavige has not been seen in public since August 
2007. 2000, that's 15 years this woman has been missing. Is she even still alive? Is she okay? What hole is she being kept in? Why is she like, why is she hiding? Cause um, apparently soon after her father died, she just disappeared. After her father's funeral, she just disappeared. So again, as I mentioned earlier, this is this is what kind of started getting Remini in trouble. Because I believe she was sort of friends with Shelly. And then Shelly sort of disappeared. She's like, what happened to my friend? Where is my friend? I have not seen her in God knows how long. It's now 15 years later and nobody still knows where that woman is. God knows that she's still alive. So yeah, that's my little spiel about Scientology. I have become re-impassioned about this subject. And I'm gonna watch Going Clear and I may re-watch Leah Remini's show because I love that show so much. And I might be re-obsessed with it, but I'm not gonna be obsessed to the point where I try to get involved. Cause I feel like if I get involved, I'm gonna have PIs harassing me too. So I'm not trying to do that, at least not yet. But the journalist in me is very tempted to like find out as much as I can and like dig into it. But you know, I don't want to dig too much, right? And get myself caught up and have PIs following me around and spreading dirty. Like I don't, I don't want all. I don't, I don't want that type of smoke. But the journalist in me is like, I don't care. I'll take it. That was this episode of the Cheney Chronicles. If you miss an episode, head to Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts to listen. Also head to anchor.fm slash Cheney Chronicles to listen there too. Thanks for listening, stop procrastinating, and good night.